Welcome back, everyone. This is the In Control Family Foundation's Safe Driving Podcast. Today, I have Jeremy Randall with Hello, me. Hello, Jeremy. And we are back to looking through the guide again, the Parent Supervised Driving Program. We're using this guide today, and we are looking at skill three, how close are you? So for this particular skill, what they recommend and what we would encourage is for you to go find a big open parking lot, a big open space where you can practice this. And one thing we would discourage you from doing is, especially as you're starting out, relying on curbs. I would encourage you to find a a big open lot that has some painted lines that you can use for reference points. But Jeremy, why don't you take it from here and and talk a little bit about how close you are to things and how that helps you drive. So uh, if you use lines, like Dan was saying, you're going to be just be a lot safer, especially at this point uh, with your young driver. If there are no lines that are appropriate to use in this situation, maybe try using some um, like cheap sports cones, like soccer cones, things like that, that are that are really light and easy to use. So if the car does impact them, it's not a big deal. I want to remind you guys that all cars are different sizes. Your driver is going to be a different size. So this is going to be, you know, if we say a specific, you know, here's where you should look. Somebody that's shorter might not be able to see this the same way. So keep that in mind as we go through here. But remember that in the United States, we sit on the left side of the car. We're not sitting in the middle. And this is a big thing for a lot of new drivers. They sort of feel like they must be in the middle of the vehicle. And so they tend to get really close to things on the passenger side as they center themselves. So keep that in mind as well. And the best thing to do is work on their vision. Where should your driver be looking? So the easiest place to start is pulling up to things on your driver's side, which is also the most common thing that, that you know, generally we all do. We'll often pull over. You're at a, uh, a fast food place, something like that. We often utilize that side a lot more. So what the, the guide is recommending here is that you pull up along the with the driver's side, you pull up along that painted mark or the cones. And your goal is to be between 6 and 12 inches away from that. So you might want to try modeling this first, demonstrating it for your young driver, pulling up along it, both get out, uh, take a look at it. And this also helps with them starting and stopping, putting the car in park, put the parking brake on each time, you're unbuckling, you're getting out. And so you're getting used to that as a trend too. And so you're setting a routine for yourself getting in and out and doing it safely. So that that can uh, it's another advantage of this type of lesson. And just have them do that on the on the driver's side to start over and over again. Get in the car, get your belt on, go through the procedure, take the parking brake off, put the car back in drive, pull back, maybe pull back out, depending on how much space you have. Maybe you're making a big circle and coming back to that same area again, and you're pulling up close to the curb, getting out. Oh, good. I'm between six and 12 inches again. And Jeremy, just let me stop you for a second. You know, one of the things you have to resist the urge as a parent to move on to the next thing just because you think this is such a simple concept. And you'll have teens that pick this up very quickly, and you'll have teens that struggle to figure out how to get close or they constantly drive over the line, which is why we discourage using curbs because you can only bang into those curbs so much before you want to strangle your teen driver. But the reality is repetition is learning. So this should be something that you repeat a number of times. Everything you just described, take the seatbelt off, have the parking brake on, make sure the car's in park, hop out, see how close you got to this thing. That is something you want to do a number of times to the point where they're a little annoyed that they have to keep doing it, but they'll remember. 
And then, frankly, you know, months into driving, you should continue to check on these things. You, you know, when they pull up to something, you know, how, how close do you think you are? Are you within 12 inches? Are you within six inches? You know, let's practice that regularly so it becomes second nature for you. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing I want to add to that, Dan, too, is this is one of the big complaints once you start driving on the road on a regular basis that a lot of parents come to in control with and say, my teen is constantly too close to the cars on the side of the road, or they're constantly, I I feel like they're going to go over the double yellow line and get hit head on. They seem to be bouncing off the lines. So this is an introduction to that sort of skill set. And if you take care of it now and concentrate on it and spend a little bit more attention early on with this, it becomes much less of an issue later on where the dangers increase. You're out, you're out there on the main roads with other drivers. And Jeremy, I'll just add, when you're in that passenger seat, your perspective is different. If you somebody who's spent most of their driving time behind the wheel, you know, you may start to feel like when they're driving on the roads, they're too close to the center line, they're too close to the side. But you personally don't normally sit on that side of the vehicle. So this is a good opportunity for you to kind of get your bearings and understand, oh, they said they were only six inches and now you can see they were only six inches. Once they're getting a good hang of it, you're going to learn a little bit too. And, and that's one of the reasons why I encourage you as a parent, get some time in the passenger seat with a seasoned driver if you don't normally drive in the passenger seat, just so that you're not completely freaking out when you think your teen is on the wrong side of the road or way too close to things it may turn out that you're just not used to that perspective. Dan, I got my license, I guess, almost geez, almost coming up on 20 years. And it's one thing that I remember from every time I drove with my father specifically is that he kept saying, you're too close. You're too close. You're going to hit that. And I'm going, I'm sitting in the driver's seat and I'm going, I'm not, I'm not close to it at all. And it's hard to know at this point who is actually right, but I never hit anything. But I think it was just that he hadn't been in that passenger seat for years, anywhere, you know, anytime we went anywhere, obviously, you know, he, he was the one driving. And so I think it was just very misleading for him to be over there. And even as an instructor, it does come up every once in a while where I'm going, oh, geez, I think they're a little bit close over there. And I might have to remind them they're not in the center of the vehicle. But I think a little bit of that is me sitting in that passenger seat as well, which I do sit in fairly often, but it's still not, um, I still spend a lot more time in the driver's seat. So we stu- we touched on your driver's side. They're going to have a lot, a much easier time with that side because they're closer to that side being the driver. Next, have them try the passenger side. And I think you're going to see that they either, they generally will stay way too far away, which is better than too close in a lot of cases. You can inch closer. And what you're trying to do is you're getting them used to how wide the vehicle is and how much space there is on that side. So it's ideal if you're doing all of this in the vehicle that they're probably going to be driving first. Uh, and then through the course of the their young education, they are gonna they should be driving different cars here and there too, just to get used to how different cars drive um, you know, in, in that same family. Yeah, and there's, there's also the, the front of the car. And this becomes a big deal when you start parking. So if they've really gotten very good at the driver's side and the passenger side or you know early on in this lesson you can try having them pull up to a line right so the car is uh, perpendicular to the line and is seeing if they can get the front bumper that same six to 12 inches away and doing that a number of times uh, I wouldn't at this point try backing up we're going to talk about that actually next but uh, I think this is a great place to start so you want to do this over and over and over again and make this part of your, hopefully your, your goal is those hundred hours, uh, and try to make this part of many, many lessons from here on out. It's a good place to start to get them comfortable. 
The repetition is extremely important. The, the vision here, keep their eyes up. Try not to have them stare at the line that's right in front of the car. If you look further down the road and you pull up alongside that line, you're able to get much, much closer than what's than trying to judge what's right next to your car. Or you'll see some drivers trying to look out their side window at it. Not the ideal situation there. Have them keep their eyes up and looking down the road as much as possible, even in this smaller parking lot. And Jeremy, that's a great point. That is a trained skill. You know, they're, they're not necessarily thinking that's how they need to control the vehicle. But if they look way out in front of the vehicle and in align with that line there, they're far more likely to be successful than if they're staring out the side window or doing something that is actually going to put them at greater risk when they're driving. So we want them to practice these good habits. And to your point on practicing, I mean, I would like to see everybody listening to this podcast spend well over 100 hours driving with their permanent driver before they go for the road test. And that takes a lot of time. You know, that's every day for 30 minutes or so for that six month period while they're on their permit. And so, you know, we find a lot of parents, once they get in the habit of taking their kids and having them drive, they might have their kids drive to and from school or, you know, back and forth to different things every day. But sometimes that's only a couple of minutes per day, depending on how close they live to things. So, you really got to emphasize, you know, maybe there's a, a couple extra road trips you do during the week. And then on the weekends, you take some longer drives and you try to go to some different areas so that they're not just driving in their hometown, but they're going into city or rural or highway. And, and the, again, these are things that you'll talk about more as we go through this guide. But it's worth commenting now that y- you want to do these particular drills that we just talked about a few more times you know, in the next couple of weeks so that they get more and more time behind the wheel. Yeah. You want to make time, uh, time specifically for lessons. And then you want to make, you know, as they get, uh, beyond just these first couple skills and they're out there on the road, you have them doing things every single day, but 30 hours, uh, excuse me, 30 minutes a day, every day for six months is a lot of time. That's a lot more time than the, than the average driver drives to begin with. I mean, you and I, Dan drive a lot, but, uh, most people are just, you know, around town, back and forth to work, maybe to a closed store. And so you're going to have to put in extra time with your young driver to really get them well-prepared. Jeremy already mentioned, you know, using different cars within the family. I don't think it's a bad idea to start to work arrangements with your teen's peers and their parents and see if as there's an opportunity to practice in different vehicles. Uh, We have some families in town here that have some manual shift cars that have been gracious enough to put together a couple of weekends where we had kids learning how the clutch worked and trying out their vehicles. And, and ultimately, you know, it's, it, I would not have my young driver borrow my neighbor's car just to go run errands. But for a driving lesson, if I can get our kids into different vehicles from time to time with families that we're pretty close with, I think it's really valuable from them to experience that. And and this is a great example, this learning how close you are to the side of the road and and being able to judge the size of different cars. Cars vary in width and length. And the more you can figure out that that's how it works, the better off you're going to be as a driver. So Jeremy, I, I think this is a good time to talk about how valuable it is to wait for your new driver to absolutely be ready before you sign them up for their road test or really start pushing them to pursue that road test. What I've seen in the last dozen or so years and I've been involved in this is we have about half as many kids going for the license before the age of 18 than we did before. And 
one aspect of that is that driver's ed is a little bit more expensive, not just here in Massachusetts, but across the country, there's been increased requirements, which have led to increased costs. But also, we have a lot of technology that replaces the necessity to, to travel around that same way. You know, you don't necessarily have to drive yourself. Some families allow young, you know, teens to, to take Uber and, and there's, you know, other public uh, transportation options. Not to mention the technology that they have at their hip where they can grab their phone and FaceTime with friends. And they may not have the same draw or feel it's as important to get into the same room as people. And and finally, I'll say, apparently all parents are helicopters now and we just kind of take our kids wherever they want to go. So there's a lot lot less motivation today for young drivers to get their license than there might have been, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. With that, I would really encourage you for those drivers that are excited about it and really want to pursue it, just keep in the back of your mind what we're talking about with these 100 hours of driving. You know, if you can do 100 hours with your team, they are going to be far safer on the roads. If you can do more than 100 hours, they're going to be even more safe. That amount of time they drive around with their parents, there's a direct correlation to the crash reduction. It's one of the most important factors. And so the more time you spend driving with them, the safer they're going to be. And at the end of the day, I do encourage people to get their license. You know, this is, if you're a skilled driver and you practice, you are going to be fine on the roads. And there is always an opportunity for human error or someone else to cause something. But we don't want you to live, you know, hidden in your basement in the fetal position for the rest of your life. But ultimately, we really would like to see you prepared before you go for that road test. And by prepared, I don't mean you're going to pass the road test because we know that plenty of unprepared drivers pass it. That's why so many people crash in those first couple of years on the road. We want you to be prepared to be a safe driver. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the moral of basically what you were just saying is have them get their permit when they're able to, and then spend as much time on your permit as you need until you're truly ready to be safe on the road. And that'll allow you to make 100 hours easier. It might be over a longer period of time, but that's all right. Uh, and just make sure that they're ready. Totally agree. And, and I'll just add one thing. We, we had Patrick Dempsey on, who's an insurance agent, who commented about how if you wait to get your license until your 20s, you're going to be treated like a new driver. That's one of the reasons I like to see parents get the license with their teen while they're still living at home. But we do see a lot of crashes happen. The crash rate now from 19 to 25 is actually higher than the crash rate from 15 to 18. Part of that is because kids are waiting to get their license, but it doesn't help if a, if a teen gets a job locally or goes off to college and doesn't drive, you know, if you can get that license and then when they come home from school or they come home from work, you know, spend some time driving with them again. They're going to be a new driver for years. It doesn't just disappear because they got their license and two weeks later, they're an experienced driver. There's a, a whole concept. You look at the way the insurance industry charges for the first six years and you know that there's some, you know, method to that. It's not that they just made this up. The crash rates are really high until about mid 20s and then they start to get a little bit more control and they're going to treat you like a younger driver. If you wait until you're 22, 23 to go get your license, the next six years, you're going to be paying a lot of money for insurance. And you might not be living at home and have the benefits of being able to come on and off a policy while you go off to school. So save yourself some money and get that license early if you can. And it'll just allow you to have more time with your young driver as well. It's it's hard to get a 22-year-old to do 100 hours of practice before they go for the road test because they don't even have to take driver's ed. 
And so, you know, they're going to do the minimal practice they need until they think they can pass and then they get it because at that point they probably need it for some reason, whether it is a job or something else. So you have the ability to give your young driver a much better education when they are actually a bit younger and they can go for that permit and they're still potentially in high school um, and, and they're around the house a lot more. 22 year olds, although they're staying at home a lot more than they used to, you know, often go out and do other things. So it's just a great way to, to give them that better education right when they can get their permit. Jeremy, thank you again for helping me out today going through these lessons. And for those of you out there listening, I appreciate your time and we look forward to speaking with you again.